Well, good morning. Happy New Year. It's going to be a good one, we hope. Yeah. Um, listen, this morning, um, for our last 10 a.m. service, we're going to two services next Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11, as was just said in the announcements. Um, for our final 10 a.m. service, we have a special treat for you this morning. Um, we have Pastor Howard Skinner here, who's going to bring the message. And... He- this man is uh, an anointed man of God. We, my wife and I have had him preach at our college ministry before. They've been preaching for how many years? Since 1948. Since 1948, this man has been preaching the gospel. He's a veteran in the faith. He is, he's, he's got a word for us today. And um, we're going to have a special time of anointing after this service. And so we want to um, give opportunity for this amazing man of God to come up here and to share. So if you would, uh, welcome Pastor Howard to our platform. Here you go, Mr. Fiery Preacher. Glory. God's in the house. Sang about it. I believe it. And I believe that God has something new for you this day. I married my wife. Pastor said he was married 16, I believe, glorious years. Uh, been 71 glorious years. <laughs> Betty and I. And we've been in ministry all of our life, full-time ministry. Even before we were married, we'd go out on Sunday and preach as the Lord opened doors. And God's been good to us all these years. We sing that song uh, that God's been so, so good. It brings tears to my eyes to know how God has been so faithful and so good. And it's a privilege to be here today. Uh, Pastor, uh, bless his heart, has to have a lot of courage to have a 90, well, it'll be 93 coming March uh, to preach. But God still works through even feeble uh, messengers. And if he can use a donkey to correct a, an apostle, or rather a, a prophet, and he can use a, a rooster to correct Peter, who was falling away from what the Lord had planned for him, uh, thank God he can still use me. Amen. And he can use you, no matter how inadequate you feel. I believe God is going to do a new thing here today. Bless his holy, wonderful name. What a privilege it is to know him. And I can't believe that 71 years have gone by with my precious wife. Would you just stand up, hon? I love her more today than ever before. This is Betty. And... I don't know if you heard the story about the fellow said to his wife, we've been married a long, long time, and you're tried and true. And she said, what'd you say? Said, we've been married a long, long time, and you're tried and true. She said, you know, you got to speak up. I don't hear very well anymore. Said, we've been married a long, long time, and you're tried and true. And she said, I know we've been married a long time, and I'm getting tired of you, too. (laughs) Well, I can't see everybody out there, but amen, amen, amen. I see uh, there's not quite as few many here today, but God has a blessing for you. And you that didn't make it out, all we can do is Send you a sympathy card. And God's going to touch and bless and meet every need of every person here and do a new thing. Amen. 
God is so good, I can't get over how good he is to me and to my wife. He's just blessed us. I think my daughter's out here somewhere. Oh, yeah, she's waving her hand back there. And she, uh, she and her husband are helping us move. Uh, she uh, has a, a heart problem that's between the heart and the lungs, and, and she's going to have to get to the lower um, elevation, uh, the doctor told her. We're believing God, though, to heal her and change all that. But we went ahead and made arrangements to uh, move to a place where we looked in here in Greeley, and we looked in... Um, well, we looked in Loveland, we looked in Windsor, and we looked finally in Fort Collins, and, and we moved there uh, the 15th of December, and uh, we just got settled uh, now, so thank God, and uh, pastor and the church is going to, we're just giving the, the stuff that's left in our house to the church and uh, and so we thank you for helping us clean out all the mess that's there. Amen. <clears throat> I want this morning to talk to you about uh, God's plan for anointing in this last day ministry. God's going to do a new work, a new thing, he says in his word. Going to new new thing is going to come to pass. It may not be new as far as uh, happening in the, the far past, uh, different times, but it's new to us in this time and this day. God has a plan for all those who follow Him, and I want to talk to you this morning about it. The Lord spoke to me about it here some time ago. I was um, lying in bed, and the Lord was speaking to me. It was right after, shortly, a week or two after the Lord told us to quit uh, going from church to church, which we had done since uh, 07 when we moved here in, and, uh, in April of 07. And the Lord led us to go from church to church, before that, we had been uh, traveling all over the world in ministry and, and pastored eight churches from Indiana, Michigan, and California and, and traveled in a motorhome for 18 years from church to church, been in every state and preached in every state. But anyway, God spoke to us and said uh, that he wanted us to settle down now in one church. And so uh, we felt he told us to make this our church home. And so we done that, and uh, you've been so kind and so good, and we've enjoyed the services, enjoyed your pastors, and just believe God has greater things in store. But when I was praying, uh, the Lord spoke to me uh, what he had in the future for this church. He has his eye on this church, in this last day ministry, and he's going to give you an opportunity as he calls you into this last day ministry, and it'll be up to you uh, whether you really accept it, whether you want to be involved in it, and uh, God says that uh, he has uh, already uh, uh, selected you if you heed the call and he wants you to rise up and go forth in his name conquering and to conquer and to know really who you are you're his child you're endued with his power but he's going to put a new anointing upon you uh, in this service today as pastor had mentioned we have anointing service those of you that don't know anything about an anointing service anoint with oil. They did this in the Bible over and over. King David was anointed king, and there were those who were uh, many throughout the Bible. Matter of fact, when they anointed them, they 
uh, poured oil on many of them, a whole vial of oil on their head, and it run all down through to their uh, Aaron's beard, and God is going to put an anointing upon you. This is by faith that you receive, and then God, uh, he says that he calls many, but he chooses few because they don't follow what the Lord wants them to do. And it's important, I have found in my life, to do just whatever the Lord says to do, when he says to do it, how he wants it done, he has a particular plan. For instance, when they crossed the Jordan with Joshua and going into the promised land and going to take uh, uh, that country and possess the land that God had promised to them, and God told him just exactly what to do. He told him to march for six days around the walls of Jericho and don't say a word. And that is a miracle when you talk about uh, maybe two or three million people that God told them not to say a word and they marched around for six days, never said a word. The seventh day, you know, they were to blow the trumpets and shout and the walls fell down. God you know, anyone is in the warfare would say that's all ridiculous. But God has a plan, and he will fulfill the plan if we do it his way. Amen? Yeah. We have to learn to do what he says to do, when he says to do it, and how he says to do it. So uh, this may mean change in our lives. I know in 1975... 74 and 75, God began, began to do a great change in me and make a great difference in the, the way that I would minister. Matter of fact, he told me in the, the hours I would spend fasting and prayer, waiting upon him as he was leading me into a, a whole new dimension of ministry. He said, you've been uh, preaching your sermons but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to really minister to people. And so he began to work over me and work out his will and his plan in my life. And it seems strange, but God had a plan, and he has a plan for this last day ministry. And he wants to use the body of Christ. The Lord has told me that he's going to use his body in this last day ministry. Yes, he'll use the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, bring leadership and guidance, but he's going to work through the body, and there's going to be a great move of the Spirit, and there's going to be those who are going to be picked out, and God's going to use in a, well, like the Navy SEALs, the Lord has told me. He's going to pick some out. They're going to have different ministries and different ways of ministry. But God is behind it all, and he has a plan. And so he wants us to get ready for the plans that he have. You know, Satan has plans, and God has plans. And you may have plans for your life. Satan's plans is according to John 10.10, 10, is the, the, the Bible says a thief cometh to, to destroy and to kill, to steal, and that's what he's doing in this pandemic is just one of the last things that, he's hap that has happened. And I've never heard of it ever happening uh, except one time in all history and that's when God did it through Noah and the pandemic. Matter of fact, they flooded the whole earth and God started a new generation, a new actual, a new body, shall I say, because it had been contaminated with men 
uh, of uh, angels coming into daughters of, of men. And so God has a plan, and no, no matter how you may feel inadequate, how you may feel that you're not material that God can use, he'll use you if you'll obey him and follow him. And so uh, we need to know that uh, we're not going to talk about the devil very much here but uh, because he's going to do his thing, but God's going to do his thing, and his plan is far better than what the devil's plans are. And he's going. we're going to see the devil defeated one day, and we're going to see Jesus cast him into the pit. Hallelujah, what a day that's going to be. I'm looking forward to that day when I witness what God's going to do. Hallelujah, I believe it's coming soon. I believe Jesus is coming back for the body soon. We won't get into that. But the devil wants to... Through this pandemic, he wanted to uh, he wanted to shut down the church. He wanted to destroy the church. He's tried all through the ages. If you read history, he's tried every way possible to destroy the church, but he can't do it. Hallelujah! The church will live on and on. I say to you, the devil is defeated, and he is. Uh, bound for the devil's hell he doesn't realize it uh, he's so stupid that he doesn't realize he's lost the battle but he keeps on fighting I have to give him credit for the fact that he he never gives up he keeps on bothering God's people and trying to do everything to defeat us but he's a defeated foe uh, the Bible says that he and teaches us his doom and what God has planned for him. Well, praise the Lord. And you may have plans, but God has plans. And I want to talk about his plans for a bit here today. Jeremiah 29, 12, you all know that, that God has plans. He has plans for every person here today. Every one of us, God has a plan. I didn't know the plan he had for me uh, uh, and how it would come forth, but I knew I was called to the ministry when I gave my heart to the Lord when I was about five or six years old in Hastings, Nebraska, in the uh, tabernacle floor, sawdust floor of the church we had back then. And I remember lying on my back there, and tears running down my cheeks, giving my heart to the Lord and being called to the ministry. I used to preach to tin cans and rocks and under an old oak tree and uh, had an old apple box I'd pound and, uh, and say, like, devil, you're defeated. And I'm still saying that today. He's a defeated foe. Praise God. Well, anyway... God has his hand upon me, I know, and I endeavored to be faithful to whatever he asked me to do, and I'm thankful for his faithfulness, and I want to encourage you to rise up and go forth in the name of Jesus, conquering and to conquer, because he has a plan for you. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I'm going to do a new thing, brand new thing. And God is about to unleash a new anointing and unleash it upon the body of Christ. You're going to be surprised what God is going to do through just normal people, average people that don't feel capable. God is going to do it because he is God and he can cause you to be a success if you just trust him, you'll get up and do whatever he says to do. But we need to be obedient. That's one of the main characteristics of walking with the Lord. Do just exactly what he says. No more, no less. If You, you may have to change your ways. I had to back in 19, 
74 and 75, as God began to change my ways of doing things. And I began to trust and lean upon him. And God is going to do it because he's God. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing, and it's going to spring forth now, beginning this first of the year of 2022. I believe it with all my heart. Now, Isaiah says, 41, 15, Behold, uh, one of the new things he's going to do is make you a new sharp threshing instrument. This is scriptures the Lord gave me. I'm going to make you a new threshing instrument, sharp teeth, sharp teeth instrument. And you're going to thresh the hills and the mountains and beat them small. The Lord is going to cause that to happen in your life if you believe and if you'll accept what he wants to do in your life. And then the Bible says, uh, one other verse I want to give you right now is that uh, he has said in Romans 9, 28, that he's going to finish the work. It's going to be a great revival, a great moving of the Spirit, a great outpouring, a refreshing, and how we need it today. Amen? We need a great move of the Spirit. And he's going to finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And that's according to Romans 9, 28. Remember, maybe you write these scriptures down and study them and let God change you. There will have to be some changes made if you follow the Lord and we get out of the routine that we're in now. God has been looking at this church. He's told me he has his eye upon it, and he wants to use it in this last day ministry. And all what's going to be, actually told me that it's going to be a remnant, that because uh, there's many churches are going to refuse uh, this last day ministry and what God wants to do. But God's going to put a new anointing upon his people and upon the average person. They're going to see great signs and wonders and miracles and uh, things, casting out devils. Uh, uh, God's going to do it because he's God. And if you yield to him, that's the thing to do is to yield yourself to him and just lay out like putting yourself on the cross and saying, Lord, here am I, use me, and do whatever you want to with me. That's what I had to do back years ago, 1974, 75, and it's amazing what God has done. I never would have really surmised that the things that God has done in my life uh, that he would do. But anyway, I remember an occasion the Lord wants me to share with you. Uh, was I was um, in San Diego area. I went to a church. Somebody had invited me and said uh, when I was praying, I was ministering in another uh, situation, and a couple came up to me, an older couple, and they said, uh, we, we just believe that uh, God wants you to come to our church. And uh, said, God has really spoken to us that you should come, that you would be a blessing. Said, we don't have any authority there. We're just normal people in the congregation. But we felt God said to go and ask you to come. And I said, well, uh, I said, I'm praying for these people, but if you'll write down the name of the church and the address, uh, if, and I'll pray about it, and if we feel led to come, we'll come. And uh, so they 
went away and they brought back a piece of paper with the name of the their name and the name of the church, which was Harvest Baptist Temple. And so anyway, about, uh, I guess it was probably um, two, three weeks later, uh, one day we were driving home from another meeting and uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go to that, that Baptist church Sunday. I said, well, Lord, we don't have any appointments, so uh, okay. And so we went that Sunday and uh, <clears throat> we gave the, I got a hold of an usher and I said, that was the last part of the Sunday school class, the Bible class, a pastor was teaching the Bible class and which was several hundred people in his class. And anyway, I said, do you know this couple? I asked the usher, he said, well, yes. And he said, well, could we be just seated back here in the back and, and could you bring them to us? I don't remember what they look like and I don't remember uh, anything about them except they invited us to come. Well, he came back after uh, the, well, it's actually after the dismissal of the Sunday school and before the service was going to start, the morning service, and he said, I don't know, they're always here, but they're not here today. And he said, I, I don't understand it because they never miss, but they're not here today. I pulled out a card and I said, well, would you tell them we responded to their invitation to come and we're sorry we missed them. And so we took the card and about that time, uh, maybe a minute or two later, the pastor then come walking down the main aisle and this usher was still standing there who'd been talking to me and my wife, we were sitting, sitting down and uh, he pulled the pastor, stopped the pastor, and uh, he introduced us and uh, gave him the card. And uh, <clears throat> lo and behold, uh, uh, well, we shook hands, and he welcomed us and said, glad to have you here, and so forth. And the service went on, the worship service and all, and then he got up and startled everybody and said, folk, I don't know what's happened to me, but I met a man and they gave me his card. And ever since I shook hands with him, uh, something's happened to me. He said, I can't preach this morning. And he said, I've never had this happen. He'd been in ministry about 25 years as a pastor. He said, I've never had this happen before. And he said, but, but I, I just can't preach. The Lord said, this man has to preach. And he said, I, I've asked all my staff on the platform here if they, uh, well, he said, uh, do you see that guy back there in the back that had his hands up praising the Lord? Well, yeah, it was pretty obvious because there wasn't many in that Baptist church doing that. <laughs> and uh, he, he he asked him a question. Any of you, do you know him? And I said, no, I don't, don't know him. Never seen him before. And we didn't know a person, a soul in the church. Of, I don't know, maybe 800,000 people there. And uh, so he said, uh, I just don't know. He said, I, I, I can't. He just kind of stuttering around and said, I just can't preach this morning. Uh, something happened. Something's happened to me uh, ever since I shook hands with him. And, and he said, he, the Lord tells me he's got to preach. And he said, nobody knows him and, and never been here before. Uh, so, but he said, I'm going, I see on his card, he sings and maybe he can come up and sing and then do whatever else he's supposed to do. He said, I, I never, I don't know. You're going to have to blame God, whatever happens. And so uh, he told us, asked me to come up. So I asked my wife, I said, well, 
I was praying all the time, Lord, I'm not, I didn't prepare a thing. I, I had no idea, just come to visit this morning. And the Lord said, be instant in season and out of season. Uh, okay, Lord, okay, you're going to help me. And so I asked Betty, I said, will you come up and play the piano and I will sing so, such and such a song. And uh, I was hoping at the same time God would speak something to me. And uh, so went up and I sang. It was well received. And, and uh, then the next thing I know when I started to minister, I began to minister on casting out demons. And I told them about uh, how that uh, in uh, um, Israel, or rather in, uh, it was in, uh, uh, it was in Italy and Sicily that we were ministering. And we had just come back from there. And we'd ministered all through Sicily, various places. And uh, I began to tell them how that we ministered in Palermo and many miracles had happened. How even my wife was healed of a, a planter's wart on the bottom of her foot that she'd had for years. She'd scrape it off with a razor blade because it bothered her so and went to every doctor to get help but none of them could help her and uh, the Lord healed her there and said there's somebody here that has a growth on the bottom of your foot and the Lord's healing that you just have to stomp your foot down three times and you're healed and uh, then the Lord had uh, calling out other healings and many people being healed and many wonderful things happening. And I went back to that, that person. You've got to step, stomp your foot down. And God has healed your foot if you obey. And my wife said, when first said it, well, this is for, for the Sicilian people, not for me. And then she said, but I'm going to take it anyway. And she stomped her foot down three times and she didn't tell me about it until we got home, but she said, the Lord said, don't look at your foot until you get back home to America. And, and so she did that, and when we got back home, she was in the bathtub, and I heard a loud scream, and I ran in there. I thought somebody was attacking her, and I, and I was ready in the attack mode, and... What's, what's the matter? What's the matter? And she said, oh, look at my foot. It's like a little baby's foot. Uh, all these 19 little uh, warts are gone off my toe, and this planter's wart has gone off the ball of my foot. And that's been way back in 70, about 78, and it's never been there ever since. Amen. And there were... Many healings, many healings that took place there. But I, I didn't share that, but I shared there that we went to Bacaria, which is just, uh, oh, maybe 40 miles from um, uh, Palermo. And uh, I preached a Sunday morning service. And so after I'm done, people, there were several came to the altar, gave an altar call, and... I said, in my heart, I'm saying, Lord, what do you want me to do now? I just try to go moment by moment and ask God what to do. And he said, I want you to, I want to pray a prayer of deliverance for those who need a release from demonic activity in their life. Now, I didn't know it, but they told me later that in, in the Sicily area that uh, almost everyone has demons and they have uh, all kinds of of evil things. And uh, matter of fact, they pronounce curses and so forth. But I said, I told them people what we're going to do. And I said, the Lord just told me he's going to deliver people from demons. And so, uh, lo and behold, uh, begin to... Uh, uh, speak the word of God as God had told me through my interpreter and all of a sudden I, my eyes were closed and I was praying this prayer of deliverance 
and people begin to fall out all the, on the Sunday morning all over the building, kicking over benches. One man was roaring like a lion and uh, telling this church, uh, Baptist church this, uh, oh, Lord, uh, I'm, uh, I kept looking at the side door uh, because I expected the pastor to get me by the nap of the neck and the seat of the pants and out I would go. But anyway, when we're all through, I'm trying to shut this down a little bit, but he, he got up after it was all through and he said, uh, I don't understand anything that's gone on this morning. He said, but he said, God is in this place. And he said, uh, some of these people he ministered to, uh, this couple was on the front seat. You, you told him, he put his arm around me and said, and he was telling the people, he said, you told them, they were in my office this week telling me this particular problem. You told them the problem and you gave them the answer. You gave them a right answer. I always have an answer for everybody, but uh, you had the right answer. And he said, and then the, the couple in the back, toward the back, uh, uh, pointed them out and, and just said in Jesus' name, little uh, words over them, and they fell out in that Baptist church, uh, uh, fell out in the power of God. And then I looked over to my left, and I spoke to a, a couple over to the left. And anyway, he began to remark about that. He said, I know you don't know any of these people, and I know you don't know my son and my daughter. He said, uh, you, you spoke to them. He said, this is just absolutely astounding. He said, I don't understand any of it. I told you you have to blame God because uh, whatever happened today. And, but he said, uh, one thing I want the church to know, we're never going to be the same. And so God just worked through that. And I think I have time to tell you about uh, later they moved into a, a well, they converted a, a bowling alley. And I told them, of course, in that meeting that uh, I'd mentioned in the course of my uh, ministering, I said, Betty and I are going to Korea soon and uh, and told him we were anticipating great things going to happen and so forth. Well, anyway, he alluded to that as he had his arm around me. He said, I said uh, you're going to Korea? He said, well, this ministry must take a lot of money, doesn't it? I said, well, yes, sir. And he said, well, uh, how's God supply your needs? And I stuttered because God told me never to ask for meetings, never solicit funds, never ask anybody. And so I was hesitant to say anything. And I began stuttering. Uh, um, and he just put his hands out like that. And he said, well, you just put your hands out like that and say, God, I need X amount of dollars and it just appears. I think maybe he thought, thought it did. I said, no, God usually uses people. He said, that's right. God's going to use us. And I'm going to take a missionary offering for you this morning when, when it was all done. And they took up the offering. He said it was the largest offering, single offering for missions that he had taken. And God just has ways of meeting your needs because I had told God just... Uh, a few days before, when I was in prayer, I said, Lord, uh, I, I set this meeting for Korea and gave you plenty of time six months ago. And, and Lord, I said, we need at least, uh, at the very least, the minimum, $3,000. And, Lord, I only have, I need, it needs more zeros. I need three. I only had $300 toward Korea. And so God, uh, 
I don't have time to go into that. But he met our needs, and and he asked when we were gone. He asked us to be the main speakers at the missions convention, and five other speakers. He wanted us to be the uh, main speakers for the mission convention, and then he wanted us to join the staff, which we we finally did after they had moved into this bowling alley. Well, they moved into the bowling alley, and uh, it was still very Baptist church. And uh, this particular night, it was evening service when churches had Sunday night service. And this night, I didn't realize it at all, but the worship leader, his name was Gail, he was uh, wheeled in in a wheelchair. And they brought him up on the platform. He's a worship leader, and he was a stout, muscular uh, young man. And uh, he was in the wheelchair, and I was sitting on the platform with Pastor, and uh, uh, they'd moved into this new uh, church that they remodeled and uh, from a bowling alley, and uh, they moved him over next, oh, just about 10 foot, maybe 10 foot, 8 feet from me. And the Lord kept speaking to me, I want you to tell him to get up out of a wheelchair. I said, Lord, look at him. He doesn't have any faith. He was so, he was so, I understood later that a couple went to get him out of the hospital. He was in traction. He did not want to go to church. He was in excruciating pain. He had hurt his back. I don't understand, didn't understand how, but I understood he was in excruciating pain later, but the Lord just, I said, look at him, Lord, by the word of knowledge. I said, he doesn't have a bit of faith. And I said, Lord, usually you even said you saw their faith and you healed them. But look at him. He doesn't have any faith. And so I just kind of turned away from it and tried to kind of sing in my spirit, oh, you know, and ignore it. But God said, I want you, as soon as they're through singing, I want you to get up and I want you to tell them to, to get up out of that wheelchair that he's healed, that I've healed him. So I, anyway, Pastor, well, when I was arguing with the Lord, Pastor reached over and said to me, he said, Howard, is there anything you can do here in about 15 minutes? And... I said, yes, and <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, he said, well, whatever God's telling you to do, you do it, and so I looked over there again, oh, Lord, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have a bit of faith, and so I walked, when he, he said, as soon as they're done singing uh, the uh, specials, you get up and, and do whatever God's told you to do. So I, uh, I got up, and instead of going that way, I went down to the audience, and there was a few people healed. One lady uh, uh, spoke, the Lord's healing your ears in the name of Jesus, and she screamed out, oh, I hear, I can hear. And uh, there was a few things I thought, well, this may help, but anyway, I just... Got up and I went back to the platform, and I just headed for the pastor, and was going to hand him the mic. And the next thing I knew, I turned around and I said, "Gail, get up out of that wheelchair in the name of Jesus. God heals you. You're made everywhere whole. Get up." And I thought, well, surely after two or three times he would uh, jump out of the wheelchair, and I must have said this. Uh, four, five, six, seven, or eight times. And the Lord was teaching me when he says something, be persistent, be obedient, do what he says to do, how he says to do it, and he will do it. So I kept pressing him. I went over close to, to him, and I said, Gail, in Jesus' name, 
look at me. In Jesus' name, God heals you. Get up out of that wheelchair. So finally, he put down the, the places his feet was on the wheelchair, and he, he made faces that he was in pain, and he started getting up. I said, get up, walk, walk, walk. In Jesus' name, the Lord heals you. He's the healer. And he began to walk and, and screw up his face every step he took. And then he got better and better. They had a very large, wide platform uh, taking over bowling alley. And so he, he walked from one end. And at the more that he walked, the better he got. And finally, he walked back and forth. I can't demonstrate it or I may fall myself, but <laughs> he walked back and forth and I say maybe four or five times and each time more spring in his step and then he got over to the far side and he went like a bull. He went like this, just went like a bull, you know, and he took off running and he went down off the platform. And uh, the next thing I knew, the pastor and his wife and others on the platform uh, ran down uh, and followed him. And he was going around the, the, the large building and in the, on the outer surfaces. And uh, the pastor and his wife and the whole... Well, I'd say 90% of the congregation followed him. And we had an old-fashioned Jericho march in that Baptist church. And God did great wonders and signs. And he wanted to change. His purpose was to change that church. And it became a Baptocostal. Amen. And God done great things. Well, he went back to the hospital uh, uh, the, the couple took him back and all because uh, he had uh, promised them the, finally they all promised the uh, nurses that they would um, that he would come back so they wouldn't get in trouble they said if we let you go uh, we'll be in trouble with the doctors the doctor has to release you and anyway they say he, he went back and pushing his wheelchair, a big strapping guy now walking where he was in a wheelchair before and he's pushing that wheelchair. And the nurses, oh, 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 what's the matter? Oh, you get back in that wheelchair. Oh, the doctors are going, they just were so upset. He said, I don't need that anymore. I'm healed. I'm well. And they said that uh, the Wednesday night, the following Wednesday night, that there was, uh, some people was talking to others and they were talking about uh, how Brother Skinner was trying to destroy their Baptist church and uh, is, and that poor man, uh, Gail, he, he just made him try to get up and so we just walked out and we just couldn't take it anymore and said, well, you left too soon. Some of them said, what? What do you mean? God healed him. No. Yeah, there he is, walking down, going to the platform to lead worship tonight on Wednesday night. And they were amazed. Most of the people stayed with the church. Uh, there was a few diehards that uh, went and started another Baptist church. But anyway, uh, the long story of this is that God did miracles there and and changed the whole church because the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to work today. There's many things God's going to do. Great signs and wonders that can tell you over and over what God has done. It's been amazing to see what the Lord has done. And I'm nothing. I just endeavored to have faith, obey, obey the Lord, and 
do what he says to do. Courage, it takes courage also, especially when you deal with a hard case like that was. It was very difficult. But hallelujah, God did it. He can do anything. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Let's just stand to our feet. Let's give the Lord a real big clap. Shout with all your mind. Praise his name. God did it. God did it. God did it. He's going to do it here. He has plans to move in a powerful way. Hoshamakata. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Let's remain standing for a minute. I just want to say before we have the anointing service, we're going to anoint everyone who wants to be anointed. We're going to start with Pastors Kurt and Emily and the pastors and then all the staff. Well, I'll anoint the pastors and then the pastors will anoint all of you. First, they're going to have the rest of the staff, and they're, they're going to anoint. And then the rest of the staff will anoint all of you who want to be partakers of this last day ministry. And God, now that something will happen in the spirit. It will happen just as God spoke to me about, and I shared this with uh, pastors, Kurt and Emily, uh, one time when we were together. And when I said, when you were talking about uh, the second phase, uh, the Lord had already told me uh, and what he was going to do, and he says, Pastor Kurt is talking about what I plan to do the second phase of the church. And so anyway, everyone who wants to be anointed, and this is a biblical practice. The Bible says, call for the elders of the church in James and anoint them with oil. The prayer of faith will raise them up. They anointed all through the Old Testament with oil. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The oil is a symbol Symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So hallelujah. God's going to do a new thing here this morning. It's going to happen. Praise God. You have to believe it. God is going to anoint you. It's up to you what you will do with it. Some people have been anointed and called, but they did nothing with it. But it'll be up to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot more I could say. We're going to put a caboose on this. Amen.